It's a movie about love, revenge, betrayal, loyalty, child abandonment. I don't. We watched Ironheart, so that means it's time for another Portland at the Movies. In a world, in a time, in a land of eternal beauty, all that stands between a city and a disaster, in a city where anything can happen. If you thought you had seen it all. I was born and raised in Korea, but my heart belongs to this great country. Hello and welcome to another episode of Portland at the Movies. My name is Todd Workoven and with me as always is Mark Middleton. How are you, Mark? I'm I'm really well. I'm really well today. Good, good. And uh, Brian, the Unipiper kid, is with us as well. How are you, Brian? Hey, Todd. I'm doing well. Good. Happy to be back. Happy to be back. Sad we had to watch this movie because <laughs> it is oof. It's awful. I it wanted is. to love it. I wanted to. It, it came with great credits. It, it is the, uh, the director of Enter the Dragon, which I'm not going to be too cool for the room i've never seen enter the dragon bruce lee's movie um but <laughs> he also did a movie called jim kata which if you're familiar with bad movies of any kind jim kata is a classic a classic a classic bad movie um so i kind of came in with high hopes and i was sort of uh sort of disappointed with this movie it's because um, it was filmed in Portland that it was bad. Like that is the reason. <laughs> it was. It is. Otherwise, the, it would have been a good bad movie. <laughs> it is the Portland. It is the Portland curse. Um, so yeah, this movie. It's funny on the. Uh, it's called Ironheart, and uh, on the box cover or the poster, um, is not the star of the movie. It is the, like the third main <laughs> character of the whole movie, whose name is Bolo Jung, I believe his name would be called. But he's instantly familiar, I think, to anyone who knows. Kung, Kung Fu, Fu or martial arts movie. Yeah, he was in Enter the Dragon. Yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff. He's he looks like the the Kung Fu Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's like a super buff, um, kind of tough guy. He's always just kind of standing in the background. But he is the one that's on the cover. Really? Yeah. I think he has the biggest name recognition of the cast. Yeah, I would agree huh. too because our main star, who's his had name, had nothing at the time. Has uh, nothing at the time, and it, this is the only movie he's ever made. He's not doesn't seem to be a name of any sort, so, or an actor. Or really. <laughs> some might uh, argue Britain Lee. That was his name. And I wonder if there's any relationship to Bruce Lee. There. And there is. Um, he is a cousin of Bruce Lee. Okay. So I think uh, this was um, when they thought anything related to the Lee name, you know, we can make a buck on, and you know, uh, they're just going to ride that wave. And I think this might be the director, uh, whose name is Robert Klaus. Uh, it might be his, I think, last movie that he made. So yeah. I think it was kind of on the downward slide for this movie. Had a case of senioritis, you could tell. It really did, and I'm wondering. I'm I can't quite figure out what what the Portland connection is. Why was this movie made here? So I have a theory. Okay. Um, so back to our main star, Britton Lee, who had not made any other movie before this, um, and no other movies after this. This was supposed to be his like breakout role. They're going to set it was a Britain showcase. Up, yeah, to be the 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 Bruce Lee for a new generation. Um, he has a brother uh, named Julian Lee. Does that name ring a bell oh, to either yeah. one of you? Oh yeah, what? Yeah, that from uh, Scarecrow or from the Crow? Right? Uh, oh, Brandon. Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee. Brand- oh, no. Brandon Lee. So oh, Brandon Ju- Lee was Bruce Lee's son. Right. Right. Uh, uh, Julian Lee was uh, also Bruce Lee's um, cousin. 
brother of Britain Lee and star of Fatal Revenge. No what? way. Yes. Wow. So, and he also had producer credits on Ironheart. Really? So my theory is that they had made uh, Fatal Revenge and uh, Julian Lee had taken all that he learned in that and was like, all right, well, I'm familiar with filming in Portland. You know, we have contacts in place. So uh, we didn't we didn't really uh, set myself up to be the next Bruce Lee. Let's try my brother. So and I I was surprised for how how bad this this movie was. It's not a small movie like they had some budget. They were all over the place. They had some <clears throat> decent they were all over town and the, the crew was huge according to the credits but yeah how many like, how many how many uh how many cars got destroyed destroyed <laughs> yeah. teleported into empty parking lots how many and then cars exploding were, how many cars were shot shot and then <laughs> they, had a hou- they had a, they had a house explosion at first well this movie oh, opens right. just like fatal revenge just, just like, like fatal they're revenge. like we know how to blow up a house yeah it was they didn't do it nearly B-roll. as good as fatal revenge no I don't, it must have been safe at this time around <laughs> but right out of the gate i was on board for this movie because it opens uh at an 80s dance club and it is just all like off-brand not quite new wave, but like late 80s, early 90s music that just reminded me of the stuff I'd hear on my paper out in the morning listening well, to FM. Except for that one song by that one group, the U Crew. <laughs> the, oh, there's four songs by the U Crew. Yeah, that's like name brand stuff. They yes. had a music video. They did. <laughs> and I watched so it. So I was, I was so excited because the, it, it is a solid five minutes of club dancing that starts this movie so, off. Right off the bat. I felt like I was watching, what was that show on MTV where they just like. The Grind. The Grind. <laughs> Eric Nice. <laughs> That's all it was. It's just people right. dancing and close-up shots and booty shots. Yeah. And, and so I was very excited. I was, and then the, the movie started falling apart after that just because it would just was not very interesting but i did notice in the club there was a banner hanging on the wall and it said z100 uh, oh, oh really station. oh yeah. interesting and this you found was a real the interior we still haven't figured out where the exterior is yeah uh, but the interior is some club that is or was downtown somewhere right it was it was on nato called okay upfront fx oh that's right there yeah, yeah the upfront club is is thanked in the in the credits but and there was a, a lot of people in the club. It was full. I think that's where all of their budget went was to extras because that's why I thought it was <laughs> going to be this bigger movie. And then they they moved to this to the to the um, shipyards or whatever. And I was like, oh, this might be cool. And it was not. it was not cool, guys. But I wish I wish I had the language to talk about the clothing in the club scenes, which we get a lot of. It was so this movie was made. I think in 1991. It came out in 1992. And it was, it was like the Fly Girls. Everything. It was, was the Fly. That that's a really good. Uh, lots of parachute pants, polka uh, dots. Lots of polka, polka dots, dots everywhere. Every, little, sh- you know, short bicycle uh, shorts. Things, yeah, stripes. things things oddly gigantic, like a. a, a big big blazer <laughs> but then they would get really tight around the waist and it was like those weird jackets that came just below the ribs or like someone with yeah the huge hammer pants that were like huge at the waist and then like yeah. cuffed around the, came, the ankle came to skinny jeans right? lots it of, was lots of buzz cuts for women yeah short hair short permed hair for women i mean it it it, it was my that was my favorite part just watching yeah you're like say it's like the grind well, like there was Julie Brown is there was also so much of it. Like, 
I have something I, about that later. I like. would l- I would love to do the math. Mark, like, many to, times. To time. Mark, oh, I'm glad you asked that because I actually per- did percentage? the math. <laughs> so this movie is exa- <laughs> almost exactly <laughs> 90 minutes long. It's like 91 minutes long, right? Uh, so how much I have both the time and the percentage, I think I calculated I, correctly, that is purely club dancing and or the music. I, the I will. I will. Out of fair guess minutes. out of 90 minutes i will guess 18 minutes is just watching others dance now are we including that might be too much are we including the uh dance studio yes oh. i am including the full aerobics class <laughs> okay that Eight, we were forced to watch halfway and a half minutes. <laughs> I, I was gonna say 17 percent Okay, you guys are uh, both close, uh, both a little high. There is 12 minutes and 20 seconds of nothing but dancing in this 90 minute movie, which makes about four, I think 13 or 14 percent. Long 12 minutes. Yeah. It felt like 17 minutes. It starts with a full six minutes of nothing but club dancing. And in that open scene, so I had to watch this movie twice, which did not make me happy. But the first time, (laughs) the first time I watched it, up until three quarters of the movie, I was furious because I didn't know who I was following. None of the characters were introduced because they, no. they open on this club scene and they're showing individual <laughs> dancers. They're showing seven different main characters, but we don't know the difference between them and the dancers. We don't know, we the know good guys. who we're following, we don't know the bad guys, how people are related, who, who are cops, and then who are the bad guys. And then there's was, men in business suits. Yeah, right. yeah, just, yeah. Just stood out like a so sore thumb. I was, I was trying to figure out, and then they, the premise of this movie, I guess, is that these, this guy Milverstead, go, who is the main bad guy, goes to clubs, abducts women from the clubs, and sells them into sexual slavery. Uh, yes, yes, is the, correct. Yes. Is the base of this movie? The Internet Movie Database will tell they, you that it's about drugs, but it is not. Well, it they get about, them, they get them hooked on on heroin so that they have control over them. So they put them in they put them in that cage, in the cage or and whatever. Like, it's feeding time and brings out the needle of heroin. Uh, All yeah. I gotta say is thank God for Wikipedia on this movie because correct. somebody wrote a detail. <laughs> a it very is crazy. long. I didn't read it because it was too who long. Who spends? Who puts that effort into writing such a detailed plot summary says for a movie three, like Ironheart? Says three people who are dedicating an hour and a half of our lives <laughs> talking, <laughs> just talking about it, let alone watching watching it. But it, yeah, it it. it when I watched it and I had, I didn't watch the Wikipedia thing. I didn't know what it was about. I could not figure out anything that was happening. And mostly because the main character guy is a blank. He, Inconsequential. He is boring Blandness. to watch. He is. Yeah, he is boring. He is. He doesn't warm have very water. much dialogue. And he doesn't have. Di- well, we watch him walk a lot. He walks. And he just kind of stares drives. blank facedly. Like you don't know what he his emotions are. You so, don't know. So okay, so let's set it up. This is Britton Lee, cousin of Bruce Lee. Um, English is obviously not his first language. From Korea, I believe, as he says in that <laughs> clip that I played. <laughs> but his heart belongs to this country. And he is like, you know, someone who who is learning the language. They don't have the inflection right. You know, he's probably happy just to say the words. Yeah, he probably it, learned him phonetically, which would make sense. Right, and it, it comes across like he's a cardboard stand-in uh, say, delivering his lines. He is. And it's really weird when he has to talk to or with somebody else, and then they talk like a normal person, and then he talks like Tommy Wiseau. Like, 
every single line he has the voice of Tommy Wiseau. He does and 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 we were talking making comparisons to the room before this and the reason I was hesitant to do that and to compare him to, to Tommy is even though you're right like Tommy Wiseau was selling it. He was selling the wrong thing and doing it wrong but he was it was not for <laughs> lack was, of trying. Right. And I felt like this guy it was like it was the walk. It was the rehearsal. It's like, oh, okay, we're gonna do blocking. So I'll just do. I'll walk over here and I'll say my lines and right. Like was, he doesn't have a discernible personality. I guess like I can't describe his character right in any way. So yeah, he's our main. He's the guy we're supposed White to follow. Bread. <laughs> it's like just bland. Just, he really is. He yeah. is like yeah. He's like the Asian Keanu Reeves. Uh, and just just uh, uh, a technical note on uh, this podcast, we are doing a live, not, uh, we are streaming a picture-in-picture picture of the movie in its entirety <laughs> while, we, while we do The this. movie is available so, completely on YouTube for free if you wanted to watch it too. Yeah. Uh, it's Iron Heart. It's been out of called. print for 20 years in the United States. Oh, you don't say. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> but if you care enough, it is available on Blu-ray from uh, the UK. See, and I think to get... To boil this movie, I think the feeling of this movie down, the, in the in the first scene, a a cop, an undercover cop, gets caught by this mob that is stealing the women and selling them to slavery at the docks and gets shot. And so um, our it's a pretty heroes, good death scene too. It's not a bad death scene. So in that opening scene, uh, after after the five minute club scene, we get our first Bolo Young or whatever his name is. The main the tough the ice is his name and they go through you're like okay i'm you know we're here for kung fu this is a martial arts movie so i don't care if it's the dialogue is terrible let's see some cool fighting and he does this rambo thing he takes off his enormous blazer that he's wearing too because it's the late 90s so everybody had to dress like don johnson so he takes his blazer off and he's got one of those ludicrous um tank top things that the bodybuilders just that has the the skinny part goes down way past the nipples. All the way past yeah. the nipples, down past the chest. So he's wearing that. And he slowly puts on a headband like he's Rambo. He He's making this big thing out of And it's like, all right, we're gearing up. And then he shoots the guy. He like punches him <laughs> once and then grabs an AK-47 and shoots him. And like that's what I feel like this movie is. It's like we're here for this cool... All these fight scenes and we never really get cool fight scenes. No, I don't think it's fair to call them fight scenes if it's... A fight indicates that it's two people participating. Whenever right. there's like martial arts going on in this movie, it is completely one-sided. It is. Everything is a one-kick kill. Yeah. No it, matter who, if you have a giant no scissors. back and forth. Power. Yeah, it's just. And my favorite is that he gets uh, outside that club, uh, our main star, Keem. Keem. He gets uh, he gets um, in a fight with four thugs from the bad guys team or whatever, and of course in the first in the first encounter he one kick kills them like they all wait their turn like they do in movies to like run up and attack them, and then later in the movie they're sent back, and they don't bring guns, they don't bring weapons, they just bring guys again to get kicked once and makes them. <laughs> Now, to be fair, they weren't all kicks. Uh, one of them, he broke the guy's uh, beer bottle and then shoved it into his own chest. That was pretty cool. And then the other guy was a square on 1990s nut punch. <laughs> that was true. That, was that and the guy that he, I guess, kicked, but then he fell down to the ground and had the mouth full of blood that was outside <laughs> the bridge, too. That was pretty great. There, there wasn't like any blood in the entire movie except for except that one for that guy. guy. And he had a, I mean, just like. As much blood as you could possibly <laughs> fit in your mouth. When you get punched, just spit it out. <laughs> 
so the other thing that made this movie like really hard to follow. So we had that opening scene where the, the, the cop gets killed and that's the setup for Keem to travel from Los Angeles to Portland to uh, find the killer, to, to break up this mob to, Oh, he's doing that right he's now. He's doing he's, that right now in the movie. He's traveling. Taking to his nice. Yeah. His nice Oregon countryside. Meanwhile, he's also having these internal uh, flashbacks of, of his partner who is just killed in Portland of, I'm I'm going to I, I'm going to move to Portland and I'll you know we'll still talk and we'll still be fine and it's super safe and everything Portland it's a nice place Portland. to raise a family it's a nice place to raise a family and so uh, but we don't since we've never really met that kid well first when he gets shot I still didn't know like who, who got who are you shot. like what am right. I supposed to feel I don't know right. who any of these people and are you didn't know who was the there good guy is, who was the bad guy really yeah there is going to be uh, nudity on that mark I know <laughs> I, 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 there, we already missed some of it uh, there, uh, oh, when she was in the cage there was a couple <laughs> boobs there oh, too. sorry sorry Facebook oh shoot now I lost my train of thought flag us no don't think about boobs gets us more attention well, let's, um, let's talk about boobs while we're at it okay while we're here. Uh, yes, this movie uh, has boobs, but th- the main boob scene was really uncomfortable because it's like during the attempted rape scene. Yeah, this woman, <laughs> this jogger, coming which up we're seeing right now, is, Portland waterfront. is getting attacked by a gang of thugs. There was a lot of gangs of thugs in this movie. And it, it totally went reefer madness on us because they're like showing, smoking up smoking, their marijuana. Yeah, it's their like doobies. Marijuana is going to turn you into a rapist. Yeah. That's the yeah. message of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's what I was going to say when he's driving on the countryside. And, and so we, we just have that opening scene of the guy getting killed. Then um, Keem decides to come to Portland, just driving around. And all of a sudden we hear this super echoey voiceover from this character that we'd never really heard speak. We don't, he's never, in, we don't know who's talking, but after you, after you listen really hard, you can tell it's kind of, and then there's a, Three second scene at a Seven Eleven. Yeah, are you the the voiceover scene? Are you talking about the part where he's like, move to Portland, Portland, Portland? Portland. Portland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that was that was, and all of the exposition in this movie is done in weird echoey voiceovers of characters who aren't identified. So yeah. first it's the guy that ended up right. getting killed. No, well, it's, first it's the police. It's because the she, script is so bad that you can't figure out what's going on. So they probably, it was a, had a later decision. They're like, oh crap, we have to fix this. Let's. At the very end of the movie, all of a sudden the voiceover is being done by the female character yes. that we've never heard do voiceover. But we've heard her right. talk to herself. <laughs> we'll get into her. She is... She is nonsense. It's kind of like the original theatrical cut of Blade Runner where they had to get Harrison Ford to explain what was going on. <laughs> totally. Maybe we'll find the alternate version on the <laughs> on the director's cut on VHS. Uh, we did see... Is this the first time we've seen the Portlandia statue? Let's talk about some of the Portland it is. It is. Yeah. And I, I know why. Uh, because now it costs money. Well... It did then, it did, too. Yeah. Oh, did yeah. it? But I read uh, in um, the book... PDX uh, PDX centric in the novelization of Ironheart <laughs> that you were reading. No, no, it's um, um, Amy Wade, Portland author. She wrote the um, guide called PDX PDX centric. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, they, they have a whole chapter on movies filmed in Portland. So oh, and they did this one. I read the entry on Ironheart. Oh, I didn't strike that one. And they made a note that uh, they <laughs> did not pay to use the Portlandia statue. Oops, I, did they get sued? I, uh, I, there I, wasn't. It didn't I, say anything. 
We need to have. I'll uh, have to go read her. She does, uh, or she, I'm, I don't know if it's a she or not. It's but, a she. Okay, the, has done a couple good writers. Fatal Revenge was on there too, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we need to have her on the show. We I, do. I'm talking to her. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Burnside Bridge was also the first yeah. time that it showed up, which surprised great, me. And great shot with of the, the stag sign. And yeah, and the whistle, the whistling passerby. Yeah. Do we happen to have that? <laughs> I do. Though? So yeah, they they. Um, Oh, let me go find it. So he'd just been driving across the country. No, he had just broken up. He fought the thugs that were trying to rape that um, the jogger. Um, and then, and then it he's cuts driving to, to an, the police station. He's driving to the police station and it's kind of an establishing kind of, shot of Portland. It's, it's going to be coming up pretty soon, I think. When you yeah. think oh, about it? it, it's really... Yeah, here it is. There it is. Oh, yep. Perfect. Perfect timing. And, uh, white stag. Yeah, because it's the white stag in 92. And are we getting audio? Yep. Oh, can they hear the audio? Yep. Okay. Oh, so then, yeah, you, you hear someone <laughs> and they ADR that just that. into that guy walking past for some It seems like a lot of work. Maybe they thought that we didn't want the guy walking by, but now that he's there, we have to do something with to, him. So let's just acknowledge it. that it's a person walking by. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me, just an extra. <laughs> Here, Here's the Portlandia. And yep, there yeah, she there's is. The yeah, there's the money shot, literally. Literally. So which, what, um, Mil Milverstead's Milverstead's Milverstead's. Uh, in Beaverton, where were his offices? <laughs> they were because they had a nice interior shot from somewhere that looked over the Hawthorne Bridge and. Yeah, yeah, they were across the street from City Hall. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. They also had a nice shot down by Saturday Market, walking onto the, the waterfront. Oh, there's the police. Where the police bureau? Uh, the police bureau. Downtown police bureau. Um, so yeah, really some different stuff we haven't seen in Portland movies before and in a wide range of locations. Yeah. Also, uh, where, um, what, what is that area north of the Rose Garden off of interstate where the white, um, there's that hotel, the haunted hotel, the white something, the white Eagle, the white Eagle. Yeah. What is that area of town called? Uh, uh, it's kind of behind the Mississippi, uh, you know, we call, you know, Mississippi, Mississippi area, is area. It in the Rose Quarter. Mm, maybe it doesn't boy. have a name yet because that's one of those places that's being yeah it has a name Eastside now all have real, yeah. well we also saw uh, a a trimet accordion bus that had three yeah three sec uh, sections on it which mm. i thought was interesting and they look the exact same today yep so let's talk about another reason i was confused because there was a lot of characters like i said no one was introduced how many female characters are in this movie two three if you count the little girl four if you count the secretary okay so i think i kept getting confused because there's our main our main female character who is the aerobics instructor christy. right christy. christy yeah and, and she, her friend cindy was the one that was initially taken and is in the cage right receiving the heroin okay but they weren't really f friends kind of friends like christy she hasn't been to class for months instructor. yeah, yeah. And so this female character is a lunatic. <laughs> yes. Our main. The one our that drives main, the beetle. The one that drives the beetle. So we're introduced. Uh, so our, our, our guy Keem is investigating the murder of the police officer or the missing girl and uh, who was abducted from the, the dance club. And he goes to the aerobics class where she used to be a student and talks to <clears throat> Some more Katie. Dancing. Oh, there's some more. Oh, there's the Madonna Vogue lady. Uh, chances are, if we looked at the screen, there would be dancing. <laughs> yes, there is. Statistically. 12% of this movie. Um, so he goes to the dance and uh, the aerobics class and asks, have you seen 
Cindy and oh, sorry. <laughs> easy I'll turn that down before I play that again um and the reason you'll see she's crazy is because well That's great. Right. I'm looking for Cindy Kane why she's missing Well, now that I think of it, I haven't seen her for... God, she hasn't been in class in a long time. When was the last time you saw her? Um, God, at least several weeks ago. Can you tell me about her? Well, it's your basic tragic dancer story. She was very, very talented. She just got lazy and wanted the easy way out, so she started dancing at the clubs trying to land a rich man. (laughs) So... Keep in mind, this man has not introduced himself in any way. And he's a police officer investigating a missing person's, like, there's, (laughs) in a district that, like, so he's a Los Angeles, he's an LAPD cop. He's an LA cop, right, who teaches the LAPD karate, as we see in the beginning of the movie. And he beats up the entire Los Angeles police department. He wins everything at the beginning. And so he's at, because... He's got a, a a a good conflict of interest. Uh, let's send him to Portland to manage <laughs> the on his own on his own without any other anything. And it's, so it's, it's actually a really similar plot to Fatal Revenge, as in there is no plot. There are vague <laughs> notions of character motivations and, and revenge and revenge. Yeah, yeah. and revenge. So he does not introduce himself, and she just not only I love how kind of. Uh, subtly bitchy she is about Cindy about uh, the tragic danger story and you'll hear once I start playing again she gets really like she throws a lot of shade at Cindy she really does it uh, you know I I only dance for myself and my own body I couldn't imagine why somebody else would That's dance just with Cindy <laughs> just like really such a jerk just but this is really really one mean. of several times that with barely any like he's asking about Cindy and she just starts talking and and oversharing every detail about her life and immediately introduces her daughter to him and they're hanging out so I'm gonna finish like, this like seven year old daughter not yes. not like she 25 uh, year old daughter poor but Erica like, needs a dad so bad yes constantly I'm gonna play just the little end of the year no, some people have no self-respect right I move for myself. I don't understand how anyone can do it for any other reason. Then again, I'm not Cindy Kane. I love dancing. I just love it. I, well, it's just about the most important thing in my life. Anyway, so I just there's several times I might play another clip later, but that is like when you're on a blind date and you sit down and you're like, "Hey, how's it going?" And then that happens. You're like, "Oh, oh God, no!" Oh, look at the time. Oh my God! Ooh, look, I think Mark, I'm getting a phone call. Me, text, text me, Mark. <laughs> Mark's but broke she, down. I gotta go rescue him. And his car's totaled. His car's totaled. Uh, yes, and she, I mean, is just in, and later. She, when they're having, should we even talk Jazzercise. about that now? Oh yeah, there. So yeah, if thankfully you can also learn the jazzercise class because they show the entire thing <laughs> from from start to, to to finish. 
<laughs> at least nobody's wearing a blazer in this. They are all wearing. That's the other thing about cha, that. Cha cha the... cha. Cha cha cha. Cha cha cha. Cha cha cha. Cha cha cha. And Rolex wasn't there. <laughs> um, now I'm distracted. The other thing about that club, which was always busy and always hopping. In the middle of the day. <laughs> no, they weren't so, there in the middle of the day. It, it looked like, so they were talking, uh, so keep, Keem, 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 and Steve-O. Steve-O, who was uh, Cindy's boyfriend. Who looks like he's from 90210. We're chatting in the middle of the day. And they're like, yeah, let's go to the club. And then instantly it was... Nighttime, nighttime disco time that is one of several times they do that though because steve-o who who is steve-o steve-o boyfriend, boyfriend, yes. boyfriend not was it of cindy yeah yeah cindy. cindy cindy's boyfriend the girl cindy who was kidnapped. kidnapped yep because steve-o they all meet for lunch for some reason my name is steven <laughs> they all meet for lunch and so uh keem and crazy katie no christy Ka- christy, christy. And the daughter, Erica, the seven-year-old daughter, are having lunch. And it pans over to the window of the restaurant. And Steve-O is there kissing. He kisses the window. He goes like, mm, like he's making faces. The only person facing that window is Keem. I think he's teasing Keem. <laughs> Why? They don't even know each other. <laughs> so he sits down. At that point, they had gone to the club together. They had. That's right, because they were taking a walk in the middle of the day. In the middle right. of the day. And, and then, then they show up the at the hill. club again. Yeah. Right. But it's night. They show them driving to the club, and then it's night. And so, you know, they had like five hours to hang out between <laughs> between that there scene. There is always and, someone and at the club. To... I'd like to think that that club is like that <laughs> all, <laughs> all the time. There's oh. probably a whole nother movie to, to, uh, to tease out between the... Uh, uh, between Steve-O and Keem, really. I believe that would be called a plot of a movie, <laughs> and it should be in this one. So, so Steve-O is just one more similarity between this movie and The Room, because you've got a character with the name hyphenated with the letter, like Chris <laughs> R. Chris in R. The Room, and you got Steve-O. And, and, and Denny from so, The Room. So I made a list of like all the similarities with The Room. So you've got Steve-O... <laughs> um, You've got uh, uh, Britton Lee's acting, which uh, in that one scene where he's introduced to... Which is low-key Tommy. The daughter. Tommy at least has a range, I right. think. It's, 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 it is, but d- the delivery is is very Tommy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the music in this movie felt very much like the soundtrack from The mm. Room. Mm. It was like this piano, and it was... You mean when they weren't playing gongs when the Asian characters came ding, on ding, camera? Yes. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> it was that over too. and over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in the if you're watching this uh, live feed, you can see uh, Erica, the daughter, oh, who is constantly abandoned by her lunatic mother. So the mother, who has nothing to do with this missing persons case, drops everything in her life. To follow Keem around as he investigates, leaving her daughter with Steve-O the yeah. Stranger, whose name she doesn't know. Literally drop her daughter and just run off and go fight crime. Watch my daughter take her back to the studio, and she doesn't know his name. He's hitting on her. It's like, dude, your girlfriend's missing. He's like, I'm single now. <laughs> and then she kind of looks at her daughter like, They're like oh, silly Steve-O. Oh, Steve-O. Steve-O. You live in the friend zone. Are you... <laughs> Do you I, have a husband? <laughs> Are you married? Do you have kids? Do you have kids? Yeah, that was Erica, the daughter. I did want to play a little bit of the fantastic music 
from the uh, one of the club scenes. Um. So this is the scene where everyone in this hip club is line dancing. <laughs> yes. So Mark, earlier earlier this week, I think you asked, was there it's such a thing? Was there like, a thing? And I think there was. I think there was a time in the early '90s where country and pop kind of crashed into each other. Billy Ray Cyrus was big. Garth Brooks was big. We see Garth Brooks shirt in here, the one uh, where Keem wears that it's uh, the, a super high button up and like half of it is black. Yes. And that half shirt of it's white. Uh, okay. That shirt. So that, that kind of Garth Brooksy thing, but boot scoot and boogie was also out, which was a line dance, but it was at a time where they were remixing pop songs as country or at least, like sometimes doing two different versions there's a couple like i swear i think is another song oh, where God. they did a ver- a country version by a country artist and a pop version by a different group and it was kind of this weird mixing and i think at that time some of the country line dancing was showing up in i don't know if the club's for real but i think there was a whole like stew time where it kind of all was swarming together but in the movie the line dancing scenes they're playing like hip-hop music they're playing this music and they're and all doing everybody knew the but band. wasn't that the fly girls too they were kind of line i guess i went no. <laughs> i take that back i didn't mean to malign the fly girls like that i'm guessing that was not Come the music that was playing when they filmed probably not i do i do like this song it is everything like late 80s Reminds me of my paper out listening listening to Kiss FM in Los Angeles <laughs> on my paper out. Oh, the other thing that drove me crazy in that in that lunch scene where they all met. So already at when I watched this the first time, I didn't know who any of these people were or how they were related. Any of them, and then the waitress walks out, and Chris Christy is that her name? Christy, Christy. goes, "Thanks, Jamie," and I'm like, "Who's Jamie? Why does?" And then Jamie's just the waitress. I'm like, why did Jamie get a name? I already don't know who any of these people are. I can't I can't handle you naming the background characters. Oh, the Portland Bubblers. Is that ben, the first Benson time? Bubbler. Benson Bubblers. Benson got, Bubblers. Yeah. The first the first appearance too in the riveting drinking from a bubbler scene. I mean, not only included. do they do we see them, but they're being used by they the main are. character. It was kind of a nice a nice a it nice was thing a to very Portland moment. <laughs> uh what else do we see of Portland in this movie? We see. I took pictures of a lot of things. We we see a lot of the Fremont Bridge. Uh, we, we saw see... a lot of cool. What probably is really cool freeway shot, like city skyline shots. Yeah, yeah. In the YouTube version, they are very blurry. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a lot of driving uh, across the Markham Bridge, looking at uh, downtown Portland in 1990, 1991. Yeah. which is kind of cool. Which is neat. They had, yeah, filling time, obviously, when they didn't have 12 minutes of dances to put in. We got a really uh, unique angle of Ankeny Square um, that was almost unrecognizable. Uh, is that the one? Oh says, my God, it's right yeah, there. Yeah, it's, <laughs> speaking of the devil, there he is. <laughs> Literally as I say. I thought that was neat, yeah, and then you got a little Burnside Bridge down from underneath. And he's walking in the background. Yeah. Yeah, oh, the, oh, and that was Burnside Bridge before the skate park, because that's right where the skate park is. Oh, I didn't know the skate park was that new. No. Are you no, talking about the under the bridge scenes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think those were done more a little north of the Rose Garden, that same area that we were trying to figure out if it had a name yet. You don't think that was the Burnside Bridge? I don't think so. Mm. It Maybe. Hmm. I'm not as hmm. familiar with it, but it seemed like it was a little further away than... 
because I thought I saw the um, convention tower steeples or whatever in the background. I guess I yeah. could have. Hmm. Let us know in the comments below <laughs> where that bridge scene was filmed. I'll put it yes. Yeah, um, if you were I'm, an extra in, I'm updating. I'm updating our Portland movies map with these <laughs> Meanwhile, locations. Meanwhile, back at the club, in some of them, like because there's a lot of the shipping yards or whatever. <laughs> yeah, there you're in the club again. Um, so yeah, I am marking of like if you have a better location for this, so check out portlandmovies.com/map. Um, what else? This movie was just. Such a slog, such a disappointing slog, I think. Uh, I think we should talk about a character we haven't brought up yet, and that's uh, Christie's car <laughs> and its ultimate fate. <laughs> yes, Christie, when she abandons her child with Steve-O to follow um, Keem. Why is she? Oh, she notices she, that Keem is being, being followed by the bad guy. And so, so she, she goes follows. To war- she wants to warn him. And she gets, she, she's in her little VW bug, and she... It goes like 40 miles an hour. And she's constantly, every time they cut back to her, she's like, come on, come on car, faster, (laughs) faster. And she like, as she's stuck behind a light, they get on the freeway and drive all the way to whatever bridge they were under. And I don't know how she kept up with them. She was, she showed up like five minutes later. Well, they have time. So Keem, and this is when we get the house. uh, He goes to the address that was on the envelope um, from the note from, uh, I'm I'm putting it all together. Uh, (laughs) The note from Cindy, but it wasn't from Cindy. It was a trap. Oh, a fake note from Cindy saying, I'm okay. You don't need to come look for me. Keem goes to that address and then the house in the address is rigged to blow up. And he oh, yeah, from the Zach Morris cell and phone. All of that happens while, in theory, uh, Christy is still out there, like trying to find Follow them. them in her bug. And then she eventually catches up with them again under the whatever bridge that is. But she just literally, there by this point, they're having a, like a, a shootout under the bridge, and she just drives her car <laughs> in the middle of the shootout. And she's going two miles per hour, and she's driving like this. Yeah, like, like her a grandma, white knuckled. And and her car gets uh, the winds the windows get shot out and she's like oh shoot yeah. darn it yeah and then and then he <laughs> you came owe in. me a car and then they show it exploding but it's in a completely different parking lot right. so, so why location. so so our main character just shoots her car and it blows up I think that was supposed to be a moment <clears throat> where if it was well done and well acted it was kind of like a because her car broke broke down. And she's like, well, I can't drive it. Thanks a lot or whatever. And and he shoots the gas tank and then shoots the gas and it explodes. And he's like, oh, no, because she goes, well, you're so good at solving problems. You're so smart. Why don't you solve you the problem? Solve it. And so he shoots it and it explodes. And he says something like the yeah, problem, problem solved or whatever. But why whatever did he, he says. shoot it? I think it was just to be glib. The car was, she said it was, wasn't driving. I think it was supposed to be a moment of like. He shot it and said something about like, you can't trace it now. Right, right. Is uh, They needed to get rid of the car because it was going to be traced back to her. To hers. And so he needed, oh, and they needed to get rid of it. She's like, oh, if we need to get rid of it, you should solve the problem or whatever. It was just really weird. It was so dumb. I've never seen that happen. It was so dumb. In a movie before. Uh, yeah, but, and the house explosion too is kind of a bummer, especially off of Fatal Revenge, since those they blew up a house in Fatal Revenge, and that, that was, was worth a, the ticket whew, in over the top. This one, he was in the car and driving away before the debris even hit the ground. It was so like he was so far away from danger <laughs> that uh, it was ridiculous. <laughs> the end. <laughs> the end of that the story. Uh, they did. There was a in one of the car chase scenes, one of the, the 
guy that was chasing him ran oh, into a curb. The Did you see that? Kissing of the oh, window. Yes. Oh, hey, Steve-o. Oh, hey, Steve-o. Doesn't he look like a 90210, like one of the offshoot characters? So he was kissed. See? Her? You're right. The she only one had looking. her back to him. And not at the little girl, because I was like, oh, maybe right. he's just making faces at the little girl. <clears throat> I think the he was little just girl is teasing Keem. What? Oh, but, oh, you're on a date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you do that, maybe. Come on, you've never done I, that? I do that at Red Robin all the time. I want to just isolate that and then make that your intro. Every time, hey, I'm gonna, you're on a date. Uh, that's where they introduce the iconic Julie the waitress. In this scene. That's another thing that um, Krista, Christy, Christy, Christy keeps saying is that every time Keem is like, stop following me. Why are you involving your, this is a police matter. Like, she keeps saying, well, I'm part of this now. I'm invested. How? Why? How? Yeah. Who are you? What? There is no relationship other than she was in your class several weeks ago. You abandon your daughter constantly to involve yourself with, with mobsters your... that kill police officers and kidnap women into sexual slavery. Well, it's because they had sex by that point. They did. Oh, they and did. after there's mm. a. OK, hold on. <laughs> Maybe this is, I need to find the scene. All right, at 54, 52. Where they, yeah, she finally, I'm going to say beds him because he keeps negging her and like completely not paying attention to her. She's like, why don't you come to dinner with me? No. Oh, but you'll be there at this place. No. No, I won't. And she's like, oh. <laughs> she's like beside herself because he's like us one on one him. <laughs> Um, but after they, after they sleep together, they're shown in bed and they're having like the, we just had sex and now we're talking conversation. She is laying spread Eagle, which <laughs> yeah, disturbed she, me yes. and keeps itching her thighs, which is disturbing. But listen to, he is saying nothing. He is emoting nothing. He is a blank slate and listen to how she just starts oversharing again, like a crazy person. Sexy saxophone. My career was going pretty great. Then I danced in New York, Chicago. It's I got pregnant thighs. with Erica. Put it on hold for a while. Planned on getting back to it after a year. I mean, just all. And then, meanwhile, what do we learn about our main character? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Zero. Yeah, he is busy dialing an Uber under the pillow. <laughs> he's like, and then in fourth yep. grade, so I... what do we know about our main character? Our main character, he's he's living in L.A. He's from Korea. He has he's a cop. He's, he's a, a cop, cop whose heart is here he, now. He had a partner who died. Whose heart is iron? <laughs> that was my question. <laughs> who in this where, movie is Ironheart? Where did that name come from? Ironheart. It's nothing. Well, and it on came the from c- the rest of the the character names. It came from an alphabet soup morning. You know, it it was very. <laughs> they went through the alphabet. Yeah, like saying Keem. <laughs> what was the bad alphabet? Guys? Uh, the bad guys. Uh, Milverst, Milverhurst, or right? Something like that. It's just like it's the leftover scrabble first. But this is a total mo- like they had the title written. Much before the movie was ever, I mean, right. and they're like, we will make a kung fu movie with my the favorite, title so Ironheart. Like some of uh, Bolo Yoon's uh, other other movies, he was in Bloodsport, Blood into the Great Double Team. My favorite title uh, movie of his was 
Shoot Fighter 2. <laughs> shoot, shoot Fighter. fighter. <laughs> Not Street Fighter. Shoot Fighter. Is that oh. a style of martial arts? <laughs> Is he yeah, a shoot fight. fighting? But on the on the movie poster to this, which oh shoot, now I don't. Let's see if I can still have it. The tagline is "Only the strong survive." For this movie, yes, starring Bolo Jung, <laughs> the third the third main character, and it's called Iron Heart. And the and it says it's about murderous drug dealers, which is also untrue. So, I think they just had titles and taglines laying around. And they put these up, but yeah, that, that woman is just insane, just insane. And I can't stress enough how often she abandons her child to involve herself. And then at one point she's talking to herself after, after Keem says, this is none of your business. She, he leaves the room to go investigate more and she's sitting there by herself and she goes, but this is my business. (laughs) Like, who are you talking to you insane person? Right. He yeah he leaves after he tells yeah. her oh, Stevo died. Oh, Stevo dies. Uh, spoilers. He blows yeah. up in his pizza delivery van. It's like vehicle number three. His hot his hot flash pizza job. <laughs> his pizza van. She just full on F- talking foreshadowing to foreshadowing hot flash pizza. How did Stevo oh, end? Ah uh, yes, in a, in a hot, big flash. hot flash. <sighs> there was also a couple great wrist fights in this. I was talking to you about beforehand. Where I it what's must a wrist be fight? Todd? A wrist fight is when. Someone goes to punch the other person, but the other person grabs you by the hand and pulls your wrist down or up, and it immobilizes your entire body and makes you unable to fight back even if you're a kung fu master. And you drop to the ground. And then you drop to the ground and then stare at each other for five seconds, and then you do a one-kick uh, kill. Um. Oh, the Portland homeless uh, make an appearance in this movie. Yes, they do. Yeah, um, our main character steals a hat and a coat off of a homeless man. He does, <laughs> and he acts his plan, which I missed that part. It's to it's he, probably about the time when you were sleeping. He, okay. that's he needs, when I was falling. Asleep. He needs to break into Milver First's uh, headquarters to find uh, proof of the guns. Yeah, that to aren't find involved something. in this movie at all because this movie is not about guns. It is about. Human sexual trafficking, but anyway, right. he needs a disguise to break in, and so he goes up to the the uh, glass doors of the Milver First building, which is downtown, and he had stolen the hat and coat of a of a homeless person and is acting drunk, which then works to have the security guards open up the door and let him in, right? Because you want to open the doors for the <clears throat> for weird anyone that is shouting, "I want a beer! I want a beer!" and then they. <laughs> Give me a beer. (laughs) And then the hero of our movie kills like six security guards just working at a building. Like they're not the enemy. They're not. They don't know Milver first secret plan. They're just like (laughs) rent-a-cops that he kills. (laughs) The hero of our movie. And he does say, uh, I'll be back. Oh, did he? Terminator 2 didn't come out until 92. Did they say I'll be back in Terminator 1? I don't remember. I don't, don't think, think so. so. But he delivers his, I'll be back. <laughs> so it didn't quite have the same punch. Here we're getting to the uh, shoot and explode. My, oh, nice. Of course, my... wearing his sport, his uh, over. Oh, she's wearing the jogging, the jogging suit. And he's wearing the oversized blazer that he's constantly fighting in that blazer. Mm. I don't know how you get any movement. Oh, here goes. There yeah, goes he the, shoots the, the gas tank. And one more. And in then the that's a completely lot. different location. Yeah, it's in the middle of an empty parking lot yeah. where it was under a bridge. Now you owe me a 
See, this doesn't look like underneath the burn side, does it? Or does it? No. I can't tell. There's something across now, the way and something next to it. Now you owe me a car. Now I'm going to follow you forever and make you be the father of my child. I'm so desperate. <laughs> oh, boy. <sighs> uh, the only other thing I remember about this movie, I, I was really struggling by the end. Uh, it, 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 someone's head gets cut off at the end. <gasps> yes. yes Milver gets cut up. Uh, he does. Uh, Keem does stop one sword with his hands doing that like pancaking it in between your hands as right. someone is doing a samurai sword thing but then he grabs that samurai sword and he decapitates milver milverford yeah. uh which was kind of cool but like he technically is the main bad guy he is the head of the operation so like that sure. should have been a boss fight right. and i think i think that actor actually does know martial arts because he was in a couple other movies oh yeah richard norton and so they didn't they didn't uh Oh, is that the Burnside Skate Park? Does it say when it? It, it was featured. Like I like how is. Burnside Skate Park was also featured in 1993 film Free Willy <laughs> and the 2017 Paranoid Park. I was trying to figure out when it was built. when it was built. Uh, well, this would have been 91. They filmed this one. Um, but yeah, they cut off his head and like that's it. There's no the, again. There's no fight. There's barely even a boss fight with Bolo Jung at the end. They kind of fight for right. a couple minutes. I, they're not even fights. It's just like a one-sided uh, kick and a punch and a yeah, chop, and, chop. Uh, so I don't know what the what the problem with this. <laughs> what was this movie's problem? It, the ultimate message of this movie, though, was like, get out of Portland. Nobody wants to be in Portland. Leave Portland. <laughs> so I'm going to play. So this whole movie, we've had, like I said, odd exposition uh, done as voiceover by the dead partner and by the original Los Angeles lieutenant who's sending Keem up to investigate. <coughs> and then at the very end of this movie, tacked onto the end is our insane woman character talking about how now she's, even though she gave all of her heart and life to Keem while he was here, he's just... So you- you immediately made a, going back to you made a voiceover supercut. No, I just oh. have. I, oh, I wish. <laughs> but this is just uh, at the very end of the movie. We've never heard her do any sort of introspective voiceover before. It just shows up here at the end. <laughs> the next day, John had to return to L.A. His partner was dead, and so was poor Stevo. But poor Steve-o. still, there was reason to celebrate. Cindy was free, and Milverstead's corrupt organization was destroyed. The truth is, this adventure brought us very close to each other. And John suggested that a dance school in Los Angeles might not be such a bad idea. Because that does ready to learn to You wouldn't want to stay in Portland. My partner. <laughs> so, yeah, that wraps up. And it, like I think you said at the beginning, it's obviously that was tacked on after the movie was done to give it plot when it didn't have any. Yeah. <laughs> and she, so this whole movie, like we've been playing clips of her, like throwing herself at Keem wanting him. And like, it's just, and the next day he went back. So now she's all sad and alone again. <laughs> Fatherless daughter. <laughs> Moved to Los Angeles. Raised, it's a great place to I raise know, a family. With yeah, no think, car. Don't ex- yeah. You don't have a car and there's no such thing as dance studios in LA. Why don't you open one? <laughs> so, uh, so, a, and then at the very end, did you have something else? No. At the very end. So after this scene, they're wrapping up, they're doing a, a walk. 
and it cuts to like at the end of 80s sitcoms how they would have scenes from the episode you just saw like oh. over the music they do that at the end of this. I forgot about that. I yeah. was in a But just like daze. a tiny little bit. Like they yeah, just had to pad this out because here's another um, shot of the uh, Portland skyline from the freeway. And the same thing at night now. But at the end, they have all this dance music over like. Right. Because don't they do that thing where and we see the main guy uh, and he has a holding the sword and he's walking yep, through. So the... they show him kicking the blood out of that guy's mouth and then they show him walking through right. the foggy door. But then that's it. Yeah. Like they don't keep it going. They just. Uh, and that was my favorite of the songs. <laughs> it's like cameo. <laughs> oh, man. Anything else about this movie? No. Um, <laughs> would you recommend would it, you recommend it yes. to our listeners? Oh, boy. If you're looking to see the skyline in Portland in 1990, 1991, yes. Then go to portlandsmovies.com slash map and look at the, the bluish Ironheart stills. <laughs> I don't know if I would. It was... Like, if you just wanted to, like, sit down with a pizza and have movie night and turn your brain off, I don't know if this would Get do it. Get another movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite bad enough to be good. Like, this guy Jim did Jim Cotta, which is an amazingly bonkers, insane, terrible, wonderful piece of garbage movie that is so fun to watch. Yeah, this one is none of those things that it's, make a good martial it's so arts. So boring. Yeah, it has all of the ingredients, but it stops short of every step of the way. I would say if you're concerned about hidden microphones hitting, uh, you know, picking up your voice, and you want to cover your voice with something, you could play this in the background, <laughs> and it would fill white, that white noise. <laughs> it would fill that need. It's just enough to confuse Alexa <laughs> <laughs> that is not eavesdropping on your conversation. Oh, I, I do not understand, Korea. Steve O. I am from Korea. So if you uh, if you go to YouTube and, and search for Ironheart, which is one word, uh, it's like the third link down. You can I would say maybe just skip skip in a couple of places and get the general vibe. It's not a very good copy. Like it's it's very blurry, so we couldn't figure out a lot of the a lot of the driving locations. But you'll get you'll get a fast feel. Oh, this is where she, oh she's trying to. Uh, oh, that happened like twenty seconds ago. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, You'll get a feel for it and you'll kind of get, it's interesting just to kind of see, but I wouldn't say to sit through because it's so confusing. No, I, I would say not, no recommendation. Sadly, no. Don't wow. What a heartbreak after Forest Warrior. I know. <laughs> but there is hope because just today I discovered nine new films that we were not aware of that were filmed in Portland. That is crazy. And how did you find them? And I found them, well... Thanks to Ironheart. Thank you, Ironheart. Um, the the police chief in this movie. I was looking at his IMDb page, and uh, he was just in the string of movies from like eighty five to ninety five, and they were just like made for TV schlock, all filmed in Portland. Wow. So so like TV? Do you mean TV movies or TV yeah. like okay? Made oh, for awesome. TV movies. Nice. Yeah, there was a. I would say about half the actors in this movie. This was their only credit. Uh, and then there was a couple like the guy who played Milford star Mars, Richard Norton, Richard Norton has been like an every, he's been in 70 credits. Wow. Yeah. And, and that Bolo, I don't know if the Bolo young guy is still alive, but he was, he like, is, and he's still is acting. He? Oh, wow. 
Yeah, and he's been in every. He was attributed as the Asian Hulk in <clears throat> a few things. And so on the uh, on the Wikipedia page, they had the had Stevo's the actor who played Steve-O, they had his name spelled wrong. So I, and so I edited that. So I edited Aww. the, the on Wikipedia on Wikipedia. That's good. Uh, the, the Wikipedia article was great. There was, uh, there was several things were misspelled and there was one moment where it was talking about like, fortunately Keem shows up and beats up the bad guys, but it said, unfortunately Keem shows up. <laughs> I wonder if it's just one guy that did that page and is yeah, the I only person so. who's ever looked so. at it. But it's on YouTube too, so who knows? It's, uh, so one more thing, I kept reading, you know, trying to find information about this movie. It kept being referred to as a cult classic. I saw that a couple times too, and I saw but no I, one. I don't understand. No one, no one would. Even the five star reviews that I was looking at on on Amazon, the guy just, it, my brother loved it. I bought it for him. Like there's nothing. Like there wasn't any passionate because it's not that. And I'm sure that you can find tons of kung fu movies that are perfect for like the kind of like i want a crazy kung fu movie yeah this is not it sadly portland strikes there again. is no iron heart cult there isn't it's a we lie should, should start one <laughs> all right little girl your uh your mother has abandoned you let's we'll all go. go hit on sad single women at, at <laughs> your, your mother's classes. having sex right now <laughs> <laughs> she was she was overnight uh, with him yeah and just left her daughter at the club I wrote real big here. Oh, Where Steven. is your child right now? Because you're in bed with that guy. Where is your daughter? Uh, anyway. Well, that brings us to, I guess, a close. Unless you have. No, we okay. tried. We tried. It was a fun. It was interesting to see this genre done done here. In Portland. With 12 minutes. 12 minutes and 20 seconds of Honestly, 80s club music. Fatal Revenge did it better. Fatal Revenge oh. did do it better. I, I would say the first five minutes is fun because you get to see that extended dance scene of what it looked like in the eighties to dance in Portland, which was fun. Yeah. Lots of polka dots, <laughs> but uh, well then I guess we're done with Ironheart. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ironheart. Yes, well, sorry. that's what I, that's what we've got when we, when we signed up for this gig, I guess. Better luck next time. Better luck next Maybe time. Maybe Gary Busey will be Feeding our savior. Time. God, Gary Busey. That was in the trailer of the of one of the movies Chrome that you found. Chrome Soldier. Chrome Soldier is about a motorcycle gang. Is yeah. that what it was about? We should watch that. Oh, we should watch that right now. Well, that does it for another episode of Portland at the Movies. Uh, you can hear us on the Fun Employment Radio Network, uh, where they have lots of great shows like Geek in the City, Well Adjusted Gamer, who we just, who Brian just found out, refers to himself as Wag because you got an yes. email from him. He's like, "Do we know Wag?" I was like, "Yes, the Well Adjusted Gamer." And he's oh, like, yes. "Oh, yes." So that there's. Um, Lots of great shows on there. Uh, and you can also listen to us on the Mark and Toddcast, Mark. Where can you find us? MarkandToddcast.com. Hey, that sounds easy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, listen to us there. Listen to us at Portland the Movies. And we have kind of an exciting new project that we're kind of in the first stages of putting together that should be pretty interesting. So do stay, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, I believe that is everything. We will talk to you guys later. We'll We'll listen to some more dance music as we... Play us out. We go play us out here. The end.